Salamat pagi or salamat sore, depending on what time you're listening. In this episode, we're talking all things Bali with Sarah Bristow, PR for The Slow, and an expat currently living on the island. She's giving us the lowdown on scooters, restaurants, coffee that meets your Melbourne or Sydney standards, what to pack and where to find almond milk, natty wine, and dippy eggs. Salamat Puggy. Hello, ladies. Let's get on to it, shall we? So let's start with location. Changu is fast becoming the new Seminyak and the island's coolest place to stay. For new travellers, where should they stay? Where should they eat? Tell us everything. So if you have not been to Changu before, even just not been in quite a while, Arriving will truly shock you to your core because it is senses overload. There is so much going on. There are the boys hooning down the road with the dirt bikes. There's the fireworks. There's the club kids. There's kids. There's surfers. There's everything. It's super overwhelming and blowing up at the moment. And there's so much to choose from, which is why I love bossing people about when it comes to where to go. Um Changu, where to stay? Look, I'm biased because I work for the slow, but it is without a doubt the chicest place. I'd actually say one of the chicest places in Bali to stay. It's one of the island's boutique hotels. It's only got 12 rooms, which tend to be booked out. So if you want to stay, get in quick. It's super industrial chic, quite minimalist, more masculine than it is feminine. Um, it's just super chic. Get in there, guys. Book a room. So it um, sits right on Batu Belong. And while you're there, it would be a shame to not get some. Well, you can get breakfast, lunch or dinner there, actually. But it would be a shame to miss out on some of the cocktails, which are the best on the island. My favorite is the Mango Negroni, which Kelsey has told me is actually super strong. But I personally didn't find that. So I don't know what that says about my liver. Um The wonderful Dan, who is my boyfriend, is the exec chef who has done some really bloody delicious dishes. So get in, have the lamb tacos, have the caramelized chicken. That is a game changer. Although also the chocolate cremo for a chocoholic like me, non-negotiable. You've got to get it. And if you come into the soil, obviously come say hello to me because I love a chat. Uh, down the road is another amazing restaurant, Mason, where they do a wonderful margarita with pomegranate, I think. And that's that's uh, another go-to for locals. Just super easy Aussie-inspired cuisine. The head chef, Ben, is another Byron boy. Just really good food with and such a great vibe there. So that's another great place to visit. If you want to try... Um, Indonesian cuisine. I love Ulakan. It's Western owned. So you know that you're not going to get sick there, but it's, um, or you'll find all your Indonesian favorites, beautiful curries. They do an amazing Nazi champur at lunch, which is a must do. And it's basically a big platter is the best way to describe Nazi. There's some rice, there's some chicken, there's some rendang, there's some corn fritters, sambal, spicy sambal. If you like a bit of spice in your life, just go. Thank me later. And Ulakan is very close to Uni, which is an amazing fine diner. It's only new to Bali. Um, there's some nutty wines on the menu. Thank God. 
Uh, there's also some really beautiful, mostly fish-based dishes. The crab lasagna is 10 out of 10. Um, and the boys who run it are lovely. So I highly recommend if you want to go to a nice restaurant while you're there, they, somewhere that you have to wear shoes, definitely go to Uni. That's great. Okay, I can confirm I went to all of those suggestions. Literally, that was my holiday. The slow Ulukan Uni. But what about caffeine? There's loads of cafes which can be a bit overwhelming. So tell us where to find stuff that doesn't taste like you're licking an ashtray. Chenggu is also a bit of a cafe and coffee capital, though I think we all know that not all cafes are created equal. I like to get coffee from BGS, which is a little coffee canteen and board store um, right near Echo Beach, and they make their own almond milk, which is considered one of the best on the island, if that's your thing. Um, down the road, Shady Shack is a bit of an icon. It's pretty hippy-dippy, vegan, um, does a good breakfast, great smoothie bowls, great salads. Um, the Slow does beautiful breakfast. The Crumpet there is amazing if you like a sweet treat, though my particular favourite are the Dippy Eggs. I don't know. Shout out to all the Dippy Eggs fans because that is potentially the greatest breakfast dish of all time. And what about the other stuff that doesn't involve eating? When it comes to what to do in Chenggu, I would just say enjoy the sunshine. Um, obviously, it's Bali, so eat, pray, love it up. There's yoga at the practice, samare. You can go get a massage at Spring Spa or you can hit the beach off Batu Balong. Just go out the front of Old Man's. Just be wary that this is a big surf spot, so there'll be a lot of learners and just surfers in general and you don't really want to get a bump on your noggin, so try and swim away from anybody on a board. All right, let's switch back to Seminyak for a second. I think most of our listeners, regardless if they've been or not, have probably screenshotted an album full of restaurants to go to and villas to stay at. But what about the places that they haven't heard of, particularly now that it's getting so busy? What are your expert hidden gems and must-dos? So hidden gems in Seminyak. Seminyak is fast becoming the next cooter, to be honest, but that doesn't mean that there aren't still some gems hidden deep within the gangs. Um, La Luciola is a must-visit. It's set in a really beautiful teak Balinese-style building right on Peritangat Beach. Um, Interiors-wise, it's just really stunning. Food isn't really anything to write home about, but it is still on the must-visit list. Um, though the coconut bread is definitely worth a mention, though you do come for the views. Uh, when it comes to spas, Body Works remains my favourite on the island, actually. It's worth investing in the $30 for the massage compared to the 5 to $10 you'll find on the beach. Um, you'll find yourself in a beautiful tiled room with flowers everywhere and beautiful jasmine oil. It's literally an hour of heaven. Uh, as for coffee, coffee is everywhere on this island now. The Australians have very much landed. My favourite in Seminyak is Baby Revolver or uh, its big sister revolver can be found in the heart of Seminyak, though Baby Revolver is a little bit more quiet, so it's a little bit nicer. Um and it is also one of the only places that I can seem to find bonsoi on this damn island. What about when you want to get out of the hustle and bustle? 
go somewhere a bit quieter with more surfing, white sandy beach options maybe. Let's talk about Uluwatu, which is one of my favourite places in Bali, if not the number one. So the slow Uluwatu is opening up next year, which I'm very excited about, but mainly because it's going to sit right at the top of Bingen Beach, which is my favourite spot in Uluwatu. If you don't know Bingen, you need to go there immediately. Basically, it's a little uh, cove down the bottom of a cliff and that whole cliff is covered in little warungs, apartments, Airbnbs, hotels. It's a beautiful, once quiet spot that's slowly becoming a bit more popular, but it's all white sands and clear water and it's just stunningly beautiful. If you find yourself in Bingen Beach, it is a non-negotiable that you go to the Bingen Beach fish barbecues, which line the front. You pull up a plazzy chair on the sand with your plazzy table, have a, a nice cold bintang or a San Miguel light, as I have come to prefer, and you will basically be approached by people with fish hanging out of eskies and you pick your dinner and then they place it on the grill in front of you and you choose your sambals and your rice and your kangkung which is water spinach and you have a beautiful fresh seafood feast whilst watching the sunset over the reef and I would say that's one of the most incredible things you can do in Bali and certainly one of your most memorable and potentially one of the cheapest things you can do while on this island. Yeah, Bingen was my favourite holiday memory. We went to Lucky Fish on the beach and ate exactly that. It was unreal. But that's like the only food option, hey, aside from your resort or hotel. Now, Uluwatu, aside from the delightful fish barbecue, isn't exactly a foodie haven. It's really a place full of warungs. There's a smattering of cafes like The Loft. Um, but don't come here and prepare to be wowed by cuisine. Kelly's Warung is a standout, um, mainly because of its location. It's right on the sand. So it's def it's definitely worth popping into there and having uh, a burger and some beers. But um, aside from that, you're not really going to be gastronomically wowed by your time in Uluwatu. But honestly, it doesn't matter when you've got views like you do over the reef and go and have a sunset definitely go and watch the sunset from single fin you don't even have to go to single fin it's kind of tiered like a terrace and there are plenty of warungs and bars underneath that you can sit under but watching the sunset over the horizon and the fishing boats go out and the service come in is another truly magical bali experience the beauty of uluwatu is just all in its natural splendor rather than what people have built there. So I think embrace it to its fullest. That being said, there's obviously plenty of um, great man-made things that are available. Kelly's Warung, as I said before. Also, if you want to be a little bit bougie, go to Sunday's Beach Club. It is the best beach club on the Bukit, which is that peninsula. Stunningly beautiful. Just get in there early because it is, honestly books out and they only let a certain amount of people on the beach because it's so private and pristine so you want to get in there definitely a place to save up your pennies and spend it all on overpriced cocktails and you won't regret a thing I promise you. So Kel stayed at the Ayana at Jimboran Bay but where else is there that you would recommend? So when it comes to where to stay 
Obviously, when the slow Uluwatu opens next year, you'll all be banging on the door to come in because it'll be the most amazing hotel out there. But until then, Uluwatu Surf Billers is probably the most renowned. Um, it's, as its name suggests, surf fillers in Uluwatu. But um, each is quite Balinese inspired. They've got a beautiful restaurant which overlooks the peninsula. It's just great to visit and they've got an amazing pool and they normally have quite a few events on throughout the year. So that's definitely worth dropping into. And then off the coast, your next option would be the jungle vibes of Ubud. Spill your local knowledge. So if you found yourself in Ubud, perhaps inspired by Julia Roberts' Eat, Pray, Lovin', um, it's quite a different town to Seminyak um, and to Changu, but it's there's still plenty to offer there. Um, obviously, it is a yoga haven, so you'll notice that there's a lot of dreads. There's a lot of parachute pants, unfortunately, um, but there is amazing yoga there. The institution is Yoga Barn, um, and to look to me, it lives up to the hype. Um, there are plenty of different forms there. So I would just be careful that you check the schedule ahead of time and make sure you are going to the class that you want to go to. I have accidentally gone to Kundalini before. If anybody knows what Kundalini is, it is not my vibe. Anyway, uh, Yoga Barn is definitely worth a visit and it tends to be the place that you go to do yoga teacher training if you're a bit of a diehard. Um, far more importantly, food-wise, Ubud is home to Lokaval, which is considered the best or well, one of the best restaurants on the island. And it's uh, fine dining done by, I believe, an Aussie and an Indonesian, though they use a lot of local ingredients, as its name suggests. But if you can't get into Lokaval, which seems um, to be quite hard to do these days, they also own a butcher called Local Parts Butchers which is um, quite a rarity on this island. They do things like prosciutto, salami, sausages, which is not a an Indonesian specialty for all of those familiar with Bali produce. So make sure you get yourself to local parts butchers if you're there and have the charcuterie plate. Um, when it comes to where to stay, look, splash out. Go to the Amandari. It's one of the best uh, resort chains around the globe, hands down. It is just honestly the definition of luxury. Um, and they, I think they've been in Ubud now for about 30 years and it's just incredibly beautiful perched on the valley. Um, there are also a few other places worth a shout out. Como is beautiful. Um, the Alila is beautiful. And Bali, to be honest, is kind of the king of Airbnb. If you aren't sure where to go, you're traveling with a group, just rent a villa with your gang. So you've been moonlighting as a Bali local for a while now. Give us your tips on how to live like one. I would say number one, get a scooter if you can. And if you feel comfortable, it's just a much easier way to get around. And to be honest, you can see near the entirety of Bali by scooter. Get yourself to Ubud, take yourself to Jimbaran, take yourself to Uluwatu, Ahmed, whatever floats your boat. Doing it by scooter, you just see the true beauty of the country when you're getting out in the rice paddies and you're seeing the farmers and you're seeing the surf breaks and the volcanoes in the mountains and you're getting out of the smog and the thick of things. That's how you get to see the true Bali, which is really beautiful. Uh, 
Two, you actually don't have to make reservations. This is not really a reservations kind of place. Everybody's kind of winging it. I'd say that's their approach to life. But if you do have somewhere in particular that you want to go, as always, make that reservation so you don't miss out because I know the devastation of not getting into the restaurant that you want to go to. Um, three, don't bother with David's. Definitely if you're traveling to Bali and you haven't been a while and you are with the gang, go to the beach clubs. We all know what to expect there. They're a little bit rowdy. They're a little bit expensive, but it's part of the fun. But the best place to actually view the sunset is to go down to a Warung on the beach. You'll find them on Peritanga Beach. You'll find them on Echo Beach, uh, heaps of just of Batu Bolong. And get down there. They cost nothing but the price of a drink, which will cost you $2 for a bintang, $3 for a coconut. And it's kind of the best place to watch the sunset every night. So I highly recommend that. What about how to get around? Kels has already yelled at me about not getting a scooter. Do you agree with her? In terms of how to get around Bali, look, the easiest way is by far on a scooter. Um, they're obviously really cheap to hire under 10 Aussie a day, really cheap to fill up. It'll cost you $5 across a week or two. Um, but please, please God wear a helmet. And if you don't feel comfortable riding a scooter, don't do it. You don't need to. Same with drinking and driving. Look, it's pretty obvious if you've been drinking, you're riding a scooter. And if you want to avoid any kind of accidents, it's best that you just don't. Um, but what you can do is you can download an app called Gojek, which is the Indonesian equivalent of Uber. And not only do they have Gojek car, but they have Gojek scooter when you can jump on the back of a local's bike and they'll drive you home. And it honestly will cost you about 50 cents. So I highly recommend Gojek. The beauty also of Gojek and being on a scooter is that high season traffic in particular is murder. You can spend hours in traffic trying to get between Changu and Seminyak, which is basically a 20-minute drive normally. So it's best to stick to scooters where you can. But that being said, if you get scared, you don't have to do that. Yep, can confirm the traffic was cooked. <laughs> Not for me, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to flag is that people think Bali is really cheap when it isn't. It's actually as expensive, if not more, than home. Hmm. I want to know where we should spend and more so where we should save our cash. Okay, when it comes to where to spend your money and where to splurge your money, um, I've probably learned this a hard way, so consider me an expert. If you drink wine, do not drink it here. It is not worth it. There is a huge markup on wine. It's something crazy like 350%. So you'll find bottles of Chandon and Yellowtail, no offense to anybody who enjoys those two tipples, charging, being charged for about um, the equivalent of $80 a bottle, which is truly outrageous. So what I would suggest, I love wine. I understand it really hurts but you're better off just waiting for a decent bottle when you're back in Australia or bring in a bottle. You're allowed to bring one litre of alcohol each. Make sure you don't waste that. Bring yourself a bottle. If you're not using it, bring me a bottle, please. I'm desperate. Can also confirm, uh, but there are a few good wine spots which we've mentioned throughout this episode. We both basically drank wine the whole time. It's expensive, but sometimes you have to do it. So don't be put off. 
However, I guess it's also the perfect chance to indulge and experiment with cocktails and different spirits. Otherwise, just stick to the beer. Stick to the beer, it's fine. Cocktails, cocktails are a dime a dozen here. Just be aware that um, they can be quite watered down. So try and ask people for recommendations of where you can find a good drink. The slow, I'm biased, yes, serves a strong cocktail, which I enjoy because you're getting your money's worth, though it is half the price of Australia. So whatever, save your pennies where you can. Um, the slow does great cocktails. Damaria does great cocktails. Mexicola, amazing. Mason, just try and stick to places where you know they do a decent drink. If not, just enjoy a beer. It's your time to, you know, sit back and enjoy a brew with the sunset. Bintang country, enjoy it while you can. We're all aware of how um, Australians travelling to Bali can give us a bad rap or a bad name. As a tourist there, it's pretty embarrassing. What are your tips for being a better tourist? Honestly, until I lived here, I didn't quite realise how horrendous Australians in particular can be in Bali. Uh, For whatever reason, we seem to think that you can come to Bali in particular and behave however you want because it's not Australia and there aren't the same laws and regulations. Um, There aren't, but there's still people Um, I think number one is wear a helmet. The amount of drunk Australians I see on the road without a helmet is truly embarrassing. Um, When you live here and you see it in person, it's really not shocking to see how and why so many people die and or are in um, bad road accidents um, because there are just so many idiots on these roads hooning it particularly under the influence. Um, Number two, don't walk down every road you see. Um, This is in Australia. It's not a pedestrian friendly place. And if you see that there's nobody else walking down the road or there's no footpath, I'd suggest that you don't stroll down that road because you're in danger of getting hit by either a car, falling down a pothole or getting hit by a passing bike. So, I would just understand that you do not own the road. Uh, Three is just if you're coming here, have some respect. Um, There's a lot of arrogance and just rudeness from the Australians towards the Indonesians in general. You're in their country, respect their customs, respect their traditions, respect their language. Don't just speak louder at them if they don't understand English. Um, A big one is I see so many people walking down the street in their bikini or their swimmers. If you wouldn't do that in Sydney CBD, which is highly unlikely, don't do it in Seminyak CBD because it's the equivalent. Um, Wear a shirt, you know, Uh, have some respect. At the end of the day, this is a Hindu island and there are also a lot of Muslims who work here, but also I don't want to see your ass hanging out of those shorts. So just wear some pants. Okay, let's switch gears. Now I want to know what to pack or rather what not to pack. As we all know, the most stressful part of any holiday. Um, Look, with Bali, you would think that you only need your togs or your bikini, as I hear you call them down south. Um, But you actually, look, I would recommend obviously an array of swimsuits 
um, I can confirm that nothing is too small here. So anything that you're worried about wearing on Australian beaches will definitely be encouraged in Bali where there are plenty of Brazilians and Russians wearing very little on the beach. Um, you just remember that no matter whether you come in dry or wet season, it is bloody hot. So I would avoid wearing packing anything that covers your pits basically because it is sweat city here try and bring breathable fabrics you don't need jeans think linen think resort think chic um i wear a lot of linen here um also be aware that if you're going to be on a scooter you really want something that's going to protect your back and shoulders because getting burnt is so easily done it's so hot and the sun is so intense that um unless you're lathering yourself in sunscreen 24 7 it's best to just throw something over your shoulders while you're out and about um look honestly that's probably all you need a couple of nice things maybe a nice dress or two but only things that you can sweat in don't bring your Chanel bag don't bring any high heels there are so many potholes around here and dirty roads and heels are not exactly scooter friendly so I wouldn't recommend them though the amount of women I see in stripper heels on the back of bikes continues to baffle me and I'm sure it gives it brings so much joy to the Indonesians they get such a laugh out of it but yeah honestly just think that you're going to you're literally holidaying in a furnace. That's a best way to describe it. So just bring super light, easy clothing, stuff that you don't mind if it gets ruined by a little sweat and dirt because barley roads are dirty and there's dust and sand everywhere. So stuff that you're not too precious about, I would suggest. Also, obviously, sunnies, an array of hats, whatever you need for a beach holiday, do it. Don't bring any of your ski bunny gear, you know, sneakers, absolutely. Um, but anything else like also we have some pretty good shops over here. So you'll 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 be right if you're missing anything. You can definitely top up. And a lot of sunscreen, right? Perhaps most importantly, pack so much sunscreen pack an uncontrollable amount of sunscreen honestly make your mum proud slip slop slap not only is it an oven here a very intense oven where you could get burnt to a crisp just walking outside but sunscreen is incredibly expensive over here it's literally double if not triple the price of australia so save your skin cells and save some dollars by bringing as much sunscreen as possible from home. That's my number one beauty tip for Bali, slip, slop, slap. Lastly, and a bit of a weird one, we saw and tried Jammu, Jammu, Jammu everywhere. I guess it's like a healthy juice tonic. Apparently it's great for digestion and other stuff. There's heaps of varieties and blends. Can you shed some light on Bali's version of celery juice? As for the top places to drink Jammu, well, I guess I should explain first off what Jammu is for those who are not familiar. It's basically the Windex of the Indonesian world. Jammu Jammu is um, the health tonic to end all health tonics. It's used to cure everything. I'm pretty sure it's used to cure fertility, gut health, uh, skin concerns, you name it. And there is an old lady in Indonesia brewing Jammu for it. Um, the popular 
Jammu here is Jammu Kunyit, which is yellow Jammu, Jammu, which gets its name because it is made with heaps of turmeric, tamarind, garlic, ginger, lime, lemongrass. You're getting the hang of it. Uh, and the real deal, if you want to taste it, look, it's quite an acquired taste. I enjoy it. Traditionally, the Balinese have it every day for breakfast for their health. Um, though I'm not sure how many kids are doing that these days. But if you want to try the real deal, you just need to head to your local market. You'll see a bright, it's, it is so yellow. Um, it is a bright yellow drink that is sold basically in recycled water bottles. And it might look a bit sus, but just go in there, purchase one. It'll probably cost you a dollar. And there's some jammy jammy for you. These days, cafes, of which there are many around Bali, have um, made it a lot cooler. So they've done, and there are a lot of Western versions of Jammu that are popping up. Jammu with you is a really popular brand and they've kind of made it a really funky, young, cool thing, but that will set you back $5 in comparison to the markets one. So I'll leave that with you. Thanks to Sarah for her tips. If you have any other Bali queries, hit us up, follow us on Instagram to check out our recent trip there at Listen Too Bad and Busy. Follow us on Facebook and sign up to our newsletter.